0: hello and welcome back to the magic kathy show welcome to a powerful episode and interview guest um very powerful human being amazing amazing divine masculine embodiment teacher i want to say preacher almost he is amazing and the topic is so timely because it's all about surrendering and surrendering, trusting, you know, love, trust, surrender, I have, I mean, it's my tattoo and it has been one of my biggest, biggest mantras, especially this year, last year and the last two years, really. And Koot Blackson has a book, The Magic of Surrender, which sounds like I could have written it truly. And you will find out in our conversation that Koot and I definitely share a lot of things about you know the whole approach to surrendering what it truly means we went deep into surrendering to even letting go of relationships relationship dynamics which is a big big topic especially right now where we all shift frequencies and timelines so much and so many times even during the day right but also because we have shifted so much internally over the last two years it's very normal that. We have to surrender things and let go of things and trust that the right things and the things that are meant for us will stick in our life, will stick and remain in our life. And I always like to say that, especially because one of my other big mantras is that you can never miss the universe and that when things go out of your life or things don't work out the way. You thought they would. That actually, it's the universe protecting you, cleansing your field, making room for something even better. And so, I know that especially with everything that we are dealing with right now in the world, it's hard to trust that, how to believe that. And if you've had a really rough experience in 2022 so far, it's definitely not been an easy year. Which you know, it's nothing new because the last two years have not been easy, right? But if you have felt like you really are on the edge of everything and you lose hope, you lose trust, you lose faith, then I pray, really, I pray that this interview with Kud and our conversation and maybe even his book and all the things that we talked about help you in navigating your crazy life situation, whatever you're going through right now. I'm right there with you. I am really, really Feeling the collective pain as well, especially with all of my openness. We actually talked about human design as well. And right now, the core wound, uh, Gate 25, the wound of humanity is activated, which has so much to do with constriction and closing our hearts when we lose trust and faith in the universe. And it's actually my unconscious Mars. So it's my core wound in my human design, which I talk about in the conversation with Kurt as well and so I really really feel that for not just myself but also the collective and I'm sending you so much love and if there's anything I can do to support you further I'm opening up for one-on-one sessions again I closed them for us for for my own maintenance and spiritual upgrades I guess and integration phase and everything that I had to navigate But for April, I am open for one-on-one sessions again, for activation sessions, breakthrough sessions, guidance sessions, clarity sessions, whatever it may be to help you shift into a better state Vibrationally, frequency-wise, and yeah. So, if you are curious to learn more about why things go out of your life, why things don't work out the way they are in your life, and how you can better navigate that, then definitely let me know. You can reach out on Instagram, Magic Cat, the Official, or send me an email, info at abracadabrababy.de, if you would like to have an activation session with me. I would love, love, love to shine a light on the true purpose and meaning of your circumstances right now. And with all of that being said, enjoy the conversation with Kud. Definitely check him out, check the book out. And yeah, I might bring him back on a podcast if you enjoy the show so definitely screenshot the episode tag me and coot if you have been listening to it share it with friends who not, might need a, a reminder of you know how surrendering really works and yeah definitely keep us posted and your biggest takeaways and I pray to either see you in a session or just on Instagram online wherever we are all connected we are all one I love you so much and I pray that you step in your magic welcome to the magic kathy show kood i'm very very excited to have such an embodied masculine presence on the show today just because I mean I already mentioned there are a lot of synchronicities around you and how you always came into my field and so I guess it was divinely orchestrated that we also have a conversation where more people than just the two of us can benefit from so I'm excited to talk about your book your magic because also another synchronicity Your book is uh, obviously The the Magic of Surrender or The Surrender Experiment, and I have a tattoo of Surrender on the side. So Surrender is one of my biggest themes and topics, and I'm sure that a lot of people have a hard time with surrendering, just as we all have as humans. So yeah, first of all, explain a little or tell us who you are for those of you who, who don't know who you are, and then we can jump into it. What led you into writing the book and yeah, yeah, your magic basically?
1: Who am I, right? That's, that's yeah,
0: that's, who are you? That's,
1: that's the big question. Let's start who, with the big question. Who's this you good know? person? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm on a quest of continually not knowing who I am, don't to, to get too esoteric, that. but uh, you know, I think for so long I knew who I was, and now it's a process of just not knowing who I am. And the more I don't know who I am, the more I find the freedom to to allow life to unfold through me
2: you know and
1: but practically speaking i was born in ghana west africa my father's from ghana my mother's japanese i grew up in london uh lived partly in tulum los angeles Uh, and really Really? i'm a citizen of the world and so a couple of things that really impacted me growing up was i was a very empathic kid and i've always felt a, a deep Uh, feeling, sense of people's feelings and emotions. So there was always this deep desire that I had to uh, impact, to to sort of alleviate people's suffering. And I didn't Mm. know what that would look like, but I would feel people so deeply. And I just like, what can I do? But, you know, as a six-year-old, what what do Mm. you know how to do? And so I would just kind of pray for people and feel people and send them love and didn't really know what I I was doing at the time. Uh, Also at that time, a real foundation of my life that impacted me was, uh, you know, I, I was a kid raised in London, in Ghana, West Africa. And I remember around age six or seven, I was lost in the crowd and I saw the crippled woman falling on the floor. She picks up the sand that this man walks on and wipes it on her face, stands wow. up. And so, I mean, she was man-gold and couldn't walk. And so a miracle nobody really noticed until she stood up. And so week after week, I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear and people stand up out of wheelchairs. And the same man who sent, she picked up would literally look at a woman or a man in a wheelchair and say, stand up. Why are you sick? You're not sick. Stand up. Do you believe? And they would stand up. But someone coming with crutches, someone coming who couldn't see, someone coming with some terminal illness. And so this man was my father. Uh, my father built 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, mm-hmm. uh, a huge church in London. So hundreds of thousands of followers in Ghana. Uh, 5,000, you know, congregation in, in London and considered like a, a a miracle man of Africa, you know, uh,
0: Jesus uh, of Africa, a,
1: a, an African Siddha Yogi, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of guy, you know, an African Saibaba. And And so I grew up with that kind of father figure in that spiritual context and environment. And so when I was age eight, uh, I was more interested, to be honest, in playing soccer than anything else. And so... Uh, one day my father basically announced to the congregation that my son is going to give the, the talk, uh, the sermon, so to speak. And so AJ, I was thrown into the audience and I started speaking, and words started kind of flowing that I didn't understand. And that began kind of this opening for me. And when I was 14, uh, I was ordained as a minister. And my father again announces to the congregation, my son is taking over, and that was a really pivotal moment for me—a real, a real moment that was uh, an awakening in a different way. Because when my father announced to the congregation that my son is taking over my ministry, he's my successor in front of everyone, my heart sank because I knew, in the depth of my soul, in the depth of my being, that this was not my path, this was not my destiny, this was not my trajectory trajectory you know all these hopes and dreams were being kind of projected onto me and but what do you do when you're 40 you know I, i i wasn't able to tell my father this is not my path i didn't have the courage my fear was if i dare to be myself if i dare to speak my truth if i dare to follow my path i'm going to lose my father i'm going to be an outcast i'm going to be alone i'm going to lose the community and i think so many of us we hide who we are, we hold back who we are, we hold back our gifts, we hold back our, you know, the full expression of our light because we're afraid of, if I dare to be who I am, then I'm going to lose love, I'm going to lose people. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I think it, it's tremendously painful to know that there is so much inside of us, so much light, so much gift, so much potential, and to be holding that back. And mm-hmm. so for four years, I said nothing, and went through turmoil and depression and pain and that also put me on a quest of really trying to understand life and human nature and who are we, where do we come from, what's the purpose of life. And, and I began reading, you know, literally hundreds of books on psychology, spirituality, meditation, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, to Wayne Dyer, to Louise Hay, to the Western mystics. And
0: having and can, these kind of... One second, I can bring a, a short plot twist into your story. And I'm pretty sure the turning point was when you were 21. Close. Close. I knew. Close. I will t- Close. tell you because everything that you're explaining is like so. I always say it's cosmic poetry. It's the Saturn cycle. So Saturn wow. teaches you every seven years. So it's six, seven, and it was like fourteen, thirteen-ish, and then it, twenty, twenty-one, and then twenty-nine is like the big bomb when it bursts and you really yeah. grow up. So tell us. Yeah, it took. It, t- <laughs> it
1: took. It took. Actually, it was really when I was eighteen that that was yeah. like. One of the first cycles of real change was 1718, because, and then 21 was another moment, you know, and, I, and I, I'll synchronize that together because it's a good point. Um, you're getting me thinking about these, these, these cycles now. These
0: patterns now. <laughs> uh, these patterns,
1: you know, so when I was 17, 18, I had to make a decision, you know, do I go to university? I chose not to go to university. I felt, I felt this calling in my heart to come to the U.S., come to America. I wanted to go into the field of personal development, spirituality, and, write books and do seminars and inspire people. And so I felt this calling, it didn't make any sense. And I think sometimes the calling we feel won't make sense to our mind. And so I realized, shit, I'm gonna have to tell my father, which was terrifying, you know, and I looked into my future. And I saw that I could follow the expected path for my life but I would be miserable. It was like a soul suicide. I could be successful by everyone else's standards. But if I don't have myself, if I don't have my integrity, if I don't have my soul, what kind of success is that? You know, yeah. it's just, it's a slow death. And you can be, you can't truly be fulfilled and happy being someone that you're not doing something that's not, that's not authentic. And so when I was 18, I finally sat down, made, cut a long story short, made peace, released my father, cried, grieved, and had one of the most challenging conversations in my life, which was telling my father, who was an icon to me, uh, that I'm not taking over. And I knew it would break his heart, but I knew what I had to do, which was mm-hmm. choose myself. And, and I think sometimes choosing ourself uh, might mean breaking someone else's heart. But I believe that if we dare to, what I feel is if we dare to follow our truth, the truth ultimately serves everyone. And my father and I, we didn't speak for two years. That was really difficult. And that moved me at 18 into uh, a miraculous moment that I'll never forget that inspires me to this day, uh, which reminds me the sense of, I believe if we truly follow our soul, surrender to our soul, our true calling, that's when we bring ourselves into sort of alignment with nature, Mm -hmm. alignment with the universe and the stars, the universe, kind of supports us. And so yeah. I ended up winning a green card in the lottery, you know. Of course. Uh, oh. 18, I won a green. Someone has me a magazine called The Economist. I look in the back of the magazine. It says American government's giving away fifty-five thousand green cards in the lottery. I felt this feeling. I felt this yeah. chill. And you know, I entered it, I won it, came to the US, two suitcases, and you know one in the country, uh maybe eight, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. And just showed up and really following my destiny, followed my path, and that's what brought me to the U.S. And then I went on a quest of finding all of the authors, the Louis Hayes, the Jack mm-hmm. canfields the you know Tony Robbinses, the Chopras. I went and found many of these folks as a young man, learned from these folks, studied from these folks, and then went on my own quest, which was traveling. And that was around twenty-one. That was around twenty-one. Around twenty-one, what happened? Just to maybe sort of validate what you're saying, I met. Uh, it's always a woman, at least for for, for men. Many mm-hmm. times, I met a woman that really, you know, I read 800 books and was so sort of intellectually f- full in my brain and had a lot of understanding. But it's different to have your heart cracked open uh, by the feminine, in a certain mm-hmm. sense. And so I met this woman, you know, and she felt ma- I felt madly in love, and that brought up all of my shit at 21, and, and that. Is what set me on a real profound, real authentic path of healing at a young age, of, of dealing with my unresolved trauma and pain and anger and resentment mm. towards my father and childhood and shadow and all of that stuff. Mm. And that really broke my heart open for four years in a profound healing journey of therapy and seminars. And, astrology and understanding myself
0: never get a woman into your life then you end up in therapy (laughs) (laughs) it
1: was it was honestly an accelerated path because it took me just out of understanding into being forced to heal and integrate and embody uh so that i could live you know live what i've been reading about and and that was really profound And, and it was really from there that i started to as i went through healing i traveled the world went to india studied with you know saints and mystics and Mm. you know uh rabbis in israel and shamans in peru and just traveled the world in search of answers. and it was from that that i came back Mm. and decided i wanted to help people and this was before coaching was popular you know before anyone was a coach this is when people thought coaching was like a swim coach a (laughs) basketball coach you know and so i started to work with people one-on-one i just wanted people to feel The level of like I had no money, no nothing, no credibility, but I just felt so freaking free, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just wanted and the freedom that wasn't really dependent on anything outside. Mm -hmm. And I wanted people to feel what I felt. And one person came and, you know, their lives changed. Another person came, another person came. And then I started to evolve uh, a coaching process that became more about uncoaching. And Mm -hmm. that's really what where my one-on-one career took off. And after years, people started coming from around the world one to five, five to 10, and it just kept expanding and evolving from there. So that's just a bit about me. I don't know if there's any questions, but uh, we can- All the
0: questions. What happened when you were 29 then? That's to to finish the story because that's a real cycle. What happened when I was
1: 29? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of turmoil and, and, and shifting happening it, it, it wasn't as uh it, it wasn't as like uh, uh obviously dramatic
0: you know? because you've done the work before because that's such a was, thing I mean, what i say it, with I Saturn t- returns if you haven't done your work then you're 29 30 fan, it's right yeah it, it,
1: you know i had done so much work like my full-time job almost until like 28 was yeah. like. I was worked. in therapy, I was in seminars every weekend, you know, I was healing, I was transforming, I was doing some form of self excavation mm-hmm. that I dealt with so much stuff that I think by 29, yeah, there was there was changes. But I would say after tw- after 29, a lot of things, you know, took off to another level, yeah. started really, I saw the progression from that mm-hmm. point 29, 30, uh, in my career and in, and in many aspects of my life. So yeah.
0: And what happened to the woman?
1: ah we broke up you know mm. see, we, she we, was we, just
0: a trigger yeah
1: she, she, she was a catalyst for my evolution yeah, you know and awesome. I think that I really think that's what relationships are we can get uh, into that, that later. I would on.
0: love to go into that because I see that especially right now a lot of people have trouble with relationships especially letting go and surrendering mm. to that it, you know it was a chapter in my life and it's now time to move to the next chapter especially because globally I mean energy is really about setting up a new foundation completely new foundation a completely new life and experience of life and a lot of that involves we have to let go of old soul contracts with people as well and it's not easy right and a lot of people especially because Mm -hmm. everything is so uncertain want to cling on to oh my gosh at least i have this person that i've known my my whole Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. but deep down in our heart and our soul we know it's actually not in alignment with our highest i guess expression or value yeah. and what we want so how can people navigate that
1: you know yeah look it, it, in terms of I, I mean we could go in different directions yes. um because there's the surrender piece and there's the relationship piece but what, what I, i'll start off with just kind of generally saying i think there comes a moment in all of our lives especially if we're growing and evolving and on this path where the life that you end up creating for yourself, life, the relationship, the situation, the circumstance, becomes too small for what we are seeking to become. We end up at, we, we know we are growing because we end up outgrowing our structure. We end up mm-hmm. outgrowing our incarnation. We end up outgrowing our current identity. We end up outgrowing. You know, our relationship, we not about growing certain patterns, certain ways of being that we can no longer do to go to, to the next level. And so I think the next level of our lives require the next level of who we are, the next level of expression, which requires that we release and let go of what's not aligned that requires that we release and let go of what's no longer a vibrational match. The challenge is as human beings, what we tend to do is we tend to hold on. We tend to Mm -hmm. cling on out of familiarity, out of comfort, out of safety, out of self-preservation of our ego and identity, which just tends to keep us stuck and block our blessing, block our forward movement. And so, you know, when it comes to relationship, which is a component, you know, I really feel like, yes, letting go of relationships are hard. On one level, because we're holding on, because we have expectations. Uh, but I, I always say that you attract to you in the beginning, you attract to you a person that is a mirror manifestation of an aspect of your own consciousness. You attract to you a person that is a vibrational match, you attract to you a person that is a mirror that shows you aspects of yourself that you get to heal, that you get to integrate, that you get to learn from, that you get to evolve from, that you get to deal with that you get to face, parts of yourself that you get to face. And so you attract someone who's a vibrational match in a particular moment. You attract someone that there's karma for you and that person to work through. There's lessons for you and that person to work through. They're your teacher in some way. You attract them because there's shit that you and that person get to work through and resolve and aspects of yourself that you get to see. So on one level, in terms of relationship, uh, to me, the real purpose of relationship is not just great sex not just going on vacation not just movies and romance which is all great by the way nothing wrong with it chocolates (laughs) and you know beach walks absolutely but the real purpose of relationship is as souls we incarnate to grow and evolve and relationship i think is one of the most uh evolutionary catalytic vehicles for our growth and evolution and so the person you attract the purpose of relationship is growth and evolution The person you attracted in a particular moment reflected who you were and what you needed in that particular moment to learn those lessons and so i think so long as you learn those lessons with that person and within yourself because it's really ultimately also about your relationship with that person within yourself Mm. And, and so long as you're learning the lessons and you evolve through the lessons then relationship is never a failure because that's the true purpose and so There really is no relationship outside. We're in relationship with ourselves in the form of the other person. We're in relationship with ourselves in the physical manifested form of another person. And so I think when we learn the lessons, when we evolve through the lessons, then it's inevitable that the relationship form and structure will have to shift to reflect our own. Energetic shift to reflect our own evolutionary process, to reflect our own expansion and our own growth. And so I don't see that as something negative, you know, I just see that as kind of a graduation, uh, an evolution. And so it can be hard for sure. And so I think many times also when we are letting go of a relationship, either, either we've learned a lesson or either you and that person are growing in different directions at a different pace at a different rate, and you're no longer a vibrational match moving in a similar alignment together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay too, you know, I think what we have to understand is sometimes the classroom with that person, uh, the growth with that person, or the, the karma gets complete and that's a, that, that is actually success, not just staying together forever. You know, the cycle is complete, and I think that's a beautiful thing. When we learn, when we truly learn the lesson, and the cycle is complete, I think that that's that's really. Uh, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, it, it's it's uh, it's a sign that we've done our that we've done our work. You know, and and when we let go of someone, I think also. It's helpful to look at it as though we're not just letting go of that person, someone else. We're letting go of what that person represents to us about ourselves. We're letting go of that aspect that that person represented to us when we first attracted them.
0: And know, also, we, we kind of let like go of the version of ourselves with that yes. person. Yes, and so it, it's like there's so much grief involved in letting go of a relationship, which is why some people think it's uh, not the right decision to make because it feels so painful. But it's so yeah, normal. It's, you have to grieve that old version of you, that, that old grieving. life. Yes. It, it's, it's like all the, of that.
1: The grieving, I'm glad you brought that up because you know, we could dive into surrender a bit more if yeah. you want to. The, the, the yeah. grieving... There's a few levels of surrender. Let me just break it down and come back. The first level is like, we're just in denial, you know, and then we start waking up and then we move into, I'll do this real quickly. Then we move into like resistance. Mm -hmm. Resistance is the sort of ego's way of preserving our identities. Like, no, I don't want to change. And so denial, resistance, and then we start to negotiate. Well, maybe, maybe they'll change. Maybe... They've got potential. Maybe if I change myself, then maybe it can work, right? Maybe and it's so, really just
0: me and I'm the problem. Most people right, I talk right. to, like I'm just doing the inner work and then I'm like, no, no. Yeah. How yeah. many years do you want to do that? Exactly.
1: And we end up negotiating our entire freaking lives away yes. and then it's over, you know, and, and so much time is wasted. So the negotiation can last a long time. But then there comes a moment, hopefully, as we mature that we realize No, this is what it is. And we start getting into relationship with reality as it is. This is the reality. This is what it is. This is what it isn't. This is who they are. This is who I am. Here's the reality. You can only change reality when you move into acceptance. So that next phase in terms of surrender is acceptance, acceptance Mm -hmm. of the person, acceptance of oneself, acceptance of your state of being, acceptance. But I just want to say that a lot of people. (laughs) stay stuck in Mm.
0: accepting
1: what is. Acceptance is not surrender. So let
0: me just... What what I want to say to that, because I've observed and I actually love that we have this conversation today because um, I don't know how much you know about the Gene Keys, but right now the sun is illuminating the Gene Keys 25, which is the the myth of the sacred wound and the gift of it or the highest expression of it is universal love. And the Mm. gift of it is acceptance and the shadow constriction. And what I see with acceptance before I let you say what you you see, but it's this misunderstanding of what acceptance is. It's not just giving up and like completely giving your power away, being like, okay, then whatever, the universe has to do it for me. Like I accept it, but you actually don't accept it. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like I feel powerless. So I, I just choose to accept whatever it is because I feel like I don't have power anyways.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. that's exactly kind of the point I'm speaking to. And maybe it'd be a language thing, but a lot of people are in acceptance, but then they're, they're like, it is what it is, but I'm still pissed off, you know? Exactly. And, 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 and that is, so, so the way I'm framing this is, okay, that might be, accept. You, you're, you're accepting. I accept is raining.
0: But I'm not but happy. Into,
1: but, but, yeah. I, but I'm not happy, right? Yeah. But surrender. So to me, the next level beyond acceptance is surrender, and we can talk about surrender. So what I mean is, surrender is the open, the full, open-hearted participation with the process of life that is happening. Like instead of just sitting and it's raining and being pissed off, crossed arms, like you know, I accept full, it,
0: but I hate
1: it. I accept it, but I hate it, and I'm going to be miserable for the entire weekend. Versus I accept it, but I'm going to go run naked in the rain. I'm okay. going to go invite all of my friends and family and we're going to have a great weekend together at home cooking and singing, you know. So ex- surrender is the open hearted participation with the process that is happening when you roll up your sleeves and trust everything is happening for my highest good, even if I don't it right now. And as we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm a soul and I've incarnated into this human dimension, into this, this world, in order to learn, to grow, to evolve, then every experience is part of my soul's curriculum. And if that's truly the case, then there's a learning evolutionary opportunity inside of every relationship, Every even the most difficult experience. There's something that my soul has signed up for to learn. And if we really get that, then we can surrender to seeing life from a different lens, a different dimension, a different perspective and from the soul perspective so that we can surrender and fully participate to, with the experience so that we can extract and learn the lesson. And so for me, surrender is the full participation. And just to really like go back maybe to the beginning, but right now in terms of surrender, like a lot of people have this idea and you mentioned it around acceptance. A lot of people have this idea that like, surrender is weak surrender is passive like this myth that if you surrender you're going to be a doormat you're going to be a victim you're going to be taken advantage of people are going to walk all over you you won't manifest your goals dreams or desires that you're going to get less if you surrender and i'm actually saying no that surrender is perhaps the most courageous the most powerful thing that you can do that surrender is really The password to your next level. The password to freedom. If you look at Jesus, if you look at Buddha, if you look at Muhammad Ali, uh, Bruce Lee, Gandhi, Bob Marley, Elon Musk, you know Oprah, uh, uh, Martin Luther King. At some point, they all surrendered themselves to life to something bigger than their own limited sense of personality and egoic tendency. To me, it's in that surrender that they tapped into that next level. They tapped. They transcended themselves and they tapped into life and life was able to flow through them so to surrender is to let go of control or the notion of control because control is of itself an illusion is to let go of control to surrender is to stop trying to force life and manipulate life to fit into our limited idea and concept of how we think life should be and who we think We should be and how we think things should be so that we can truly open to life open to grace open to inspiration open to allowing life to show us so it's really it it doesn't mean doing nothing it doesn't mean that's what i wanted to just say because
0: a lot of people think surrendering means just being passive and just no. not doing, like not taking action. And I see that especially, you know, and I want to say in the spiritual community. Yes, especially so in ma- the
1: spiritual community. So
0: many of my clients where they're just like, you know, I'm meditating my way to it or I'm visualizing. No, that's being lazy. Like, the fucking law of action is also a part of it. And if you surrender, it doesn't mean that you are just not doing anything and waiting the universe so, to do something. That's like, no. Yeah.
1: When, you su- when you surrender, you're... you're su- okay, So 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 the old paradigm and i think we're moving into a new paradigm the old paradigm is really about what do i want right from yes. the, like what do i want what do i want and sure you know you can manifest what you want but many times we do only to realize that what we thought we wanted was not really what yes. we wanted it was just what we thought we wanted based on who we thought we were we never question who this i is right and so often our goals are limited projections from a limited lens based on our conditioning right and so the real question in A new paradigm of surrender is asking oneself, what is it, really tuning in, and what is it that life wants to express? What What is it that God wants to express? What is it that my soul is seeking to express most authentically and to feel that deepest level, to tune into that deepest level and to allow that deepest impulse to move through? And I think when we really feel the depth of what's true from that soul level, then we can align our thoughts and our thinking and our visualization and our actions and our strategy and our money and our resources, align that with the truth, align that with the depth of our being, then we can live aligned and soulfully. And I think when we live in alignment with our souls, then we're in alignment with nature and things, and things flow. And so once we get that alignment, then take action, take action Giving 100%, so it doesn't mean you just sit there, you give 100%, you give everything. You give everything you've got full effort. It might mean you work harder than you've ever worked. Mm. It might mean you work on weekends and nights and, you know, Let me tell you, Mother Teresa wasn't lazy. She didn't sit around and wait. Gandhi didn't sit around and wait. You know, uh Mandela didn't sit around. I mean, he sat around, but he 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 you know he did his part. You know, Martin Luther King, they didn't just hang out and just say, Well, you know, God's gonna do it for me. They got themselves up and they went and they protested. They went and they did what they felt was authentic and true that needed to happen. They surrendered to the action.
0: It just they beca- became aligned. the vessel, basically. Yes. That's what I always say. You are just a vessel and you let the divine flow through you. And that's yes. you sitting in front of me and, you know, something flows through you in, in form of like, words and like speaking but i also notice that you know when i sit in a, in a session with the clients it's the same thing it's not that i oh, yeah. do the work it's just exactly. like i'm the messenger and the universe delivers a message through me that that's all
1: and the key is you know when you when you act to not get attached i think that's part of the surrender yeah. to not get attached to the goal or the specific outcome because sometimes the outcome that we think is the outcome that we get so attached to yeah. is not really the outcome Sometimes- i always
0: explain it as uh, even you know i say that so many times because i've noticed that in my life it's dangling carrots the universe puts in front of yeah, you, you to go. get there you there moving you, you know it's like the dangling yes. carrot i want to go there awesome i want to get this carrot and then the universe it's is the like hey, i know that when i put this carrot in front of her she will get moving because she thinks she yes. wants that but actually i have something better prepared on the way she will find out but if i would have told, told her before she wouldn't even move
1: right and that, that, that's the surrender when you yeah. when you when you follow you go for the goal give 100 percent, but don't get attached like it's got to be this person and like this is my soulmate i'm gonna make them my soulmate if they're not and it's not aligned, it's not gonna be and if you do force it you'd be miserable it's not yeah. gonna flow and so sometimes that goal is the necessary carrot the necessary evolutionary catalyst For us to go on the journey so that we can learn the lessons so that we can be more prepared to be able to live our true purpose and mission. Just
0: like you and the woman, you know. You might have thought at the beginning, oh my gosh, I'm going to marry this chick. I was and, sure. Yeah, I of was course. sure. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're in therapy and like, fuck, maybe when I'm in therapy, she will be my woman. But at the end of the day, you had to let go of her. But you are grateful for the lessons, you know?
1: And, and it served its purpose. Yeah. You know, it serves its purpose. And so surrender is not getting attached to it, has got to be a certain way. Because when we get attached, like, She's got to be my woman. This has got to be my guy. Yeah. I'm going to make it this way. I'm going to force it to be this way with just my, my, my will and my intention. That's when we're not open. And that's when we're not available. And that's when I find we end up limiting life. Yes. And so surrender is giving 100%, but also being in a state of availability and mm-hmm. openness, because then you can allow life to, to lead you. You can allow life to show itself to you. And many times, You know what we think is something is really something else, and many times what life what life ends up unfolding is is often beyond what we can imagine. I'll ask people to think about this for a second. How many times has something not worked out the way you planned, but it actually ended up working out better than you had planned? And how many times, you know, have things maybe worked out not how you planned, and you thought. In the moment, it was the worst thing. But then down the road, you know, five years, two years, you stand, you understood. Ah, I see now that, that if, if that worst thing, heartbreak, bankruptcy situation didn't happen, I wouldn't have met this person and I wouldn't have had my kid. I wouldn't have gone here and I wouldn't have moved over there. And so sometimes when we go through something in the moment, we're not always, from the perspective of the ego or the persona, we're not always able to see the infinite possibilities, the multidimensional realities that are unfolding and how the tapestry of life is so interconnected. We're, it's like we're looking at a painting, a very small sliver of the painting, but we can't see how that moment is connected to every single other moment of, of perfection in the artwork that is our life, you know? And so I think uh, surrender is that openness. Surrender is being curious, it's being curious. And so rather than when things don't go according to plan, we say, oh, I know what this is. I know why this is happening. Just be willing. I would invite people. This is what I've had to learn. Be willing to not know for a moment. Like, Be willing to not know. Don't think. That. Don't be so quick to assign a meaning to what's happening. Instead, one thing that's been really helpful is to cultivate curiosity. Yes. Like, Because curiosity is availability. It's like, ah, what, what could this mean? What more amazing thing could be seeking to happen? I don't know. I don't know why this is happening, but uh, I'm open to finding out rather than projecting onto that moment. Because often when we project onto that moment, we're projecting from the past. We're projecting from our conditioning. We're projecting from our programming. And that's when we end up limiting life and being in an available, open state of surrender.
0: And I, I love that you bring that up too, because I think it, it even applies to what we experience in the world right now, but also in general, how most, I mean, I would say pretty much everyone has this urge to give everything instantly some sort of meaning, because if mm. we don't attach a meaning to something that we feel a little bit lost or scared or afraid, and that's especially true for the traumatic things in our life. And that's yeah. why we ke- we keep ourselves in these, Loops of trauma and pain and suffering because we we attach a meaning to something that happened when we were six or seven or whatever, right? Fourteen, and then we are constantly stuck in this loop of the meaning because the universe has to bring it up in your face again because hey, that's mm-hmm. an error in your system in your DNA. You attach the meaning that is false error, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't see that, but that's why the lessons come up over and over and over again because the universe just wants to help us to get out of yes. that meaning. suffering constriction because it doesn't mean that about you about your self-worth about your worthiness in general or your ability to have um, success in your life and again that's why the universe brings it up over and over again to give you the opportunity to break out of the cycle but we don't see it that way we see it as another reason another meaning Mm -hmm. right that we are just flawed
1: yes yeah we don't we don't question the challenges we don't question the meanings that we've made up about Mm -hmm. ourselves and about life. Exactly. We're so sure that the way we're seeing reality is reality that we don't question it. And then we go through life uh, seeing things that way, projecting onto reality and kind of unconsciously seeking to confirm our bias that the meaning we've made up and the story we have is real.
2: Exactly. And so
1: we'll make things mean what they're not in order to confirm our belief system yes. and so i think it's so important that we start um questioning ourselves questioning our self-perception questioning how we sp- like i had a client just just to speak to this i, I had a client who you know her, her thing was i'm not lovable it's just i'm not lovable that was an entire story so she went through life what do you think attracting guys. And they didn't love her and and they left her and they didn't love her enough. And she just, it was proof that she was not lovable. See, Joe left, Jim left, Bob And if they loved me, they would have, they would have given me more. And, And so everything was a confirmation that she wasn't lovable. Okay. And, and so when we, you know, when I worked with her, we tracked back as a child, her mother left her with her father and her sister. And so in her mind, as a kid, she made up this meaning that I'm not lovable because my mother left. And if she loved me and I I was lovable, she would have stayed. And because she left, I wasn't lovable. And this was her mantra, and that was her proof. And I said, how do you know? She goes, because my mother left, that's the proof. And that's what she would keep going to. Mm -hmm. And I asked her,
2: can you show me unlovable? She's like,
1: like, what do you mean? Like, here's an iPhone, here's a watch, here's a pen, like, show me unlovable. Like, like because, because she had it framed, like, I'm unlovable is a fact. And many times the meanings that we make, we make it to be like, it's a fact, mm-hmm. like paper, you know, wallet, I'm unlovable. And we don't realize that I'm unlovable. There's a, a story that we've made. The story that we made as a way of interpreting a reality from a very young age that was a misinterpretation of reality about ourselves. Yeah. And, and so uh, I asked her, and we have to ask ourselves the question I had to ask her, the fact that your mother left, could it have meant anything else? Could it mean anything else? No, it means I'm on level. Like, you know, many times we get so attached to the meaning that we've made because we get comfortable with identifying ourselves based on that. And it can be hard to let go of the meaning because it's even kind of safer because at least we know ourselves, we know what we are and we know what we're not. I'm unlovable. So this is what life is, which then sometimes when we're actually loved, it freaks us out. And we then do crazy things to push people away and sabotage it because like,
0: I don't know that. "I,
1: I can't be loved. You know, I'm unlovable. This is not right. And so I asked her, could it mean, and we have to ask ourselves when we look back, could it mean anything else? No, no, no. Eventually, it was like, wow, maybe it could mean that my mother loved me so much that she knew she was messed up. She knew she didn't have capability. And that's why she left. So, oh, you know, could it mean that she was just didn't have the resources? It could. So so what we got to was it could have meant so many other things. And and, and based on that child, we make a specific meaning that we hold on to. So we have to start really questioning the meanings that we've made up. Like, what else could, so here's the question what else could it have meant? What else could it have meant? You know, and really looking at when those beliefs come up in those moments, I'm unlovable. Really asking ourselves, is this fact or is this fiction? Because we're often living fiction as though it's fact. And that fact, tightly held on to starts becoming our reality. So we have to have the courage to question ourselves. And that's a surrender too, the willingness to surrender those, those deeply held beliefs, those willingness to surrender those stories about ourselves, which can be scary because those stories have been reinforced through life and, and, and it becomes our identity. And letting go of that identity, surrendering that identity can be a little scary. You know, uh, I just want to bring up something you brought up earlier, which I don't know if I completed, but I think it's important, which was grieving. Mm -hmm. You mentioned grieving. And I realized now we didn't totally complete that, but it's such an important point. So we have acceptance and we have surrender, right? Acceptance, surrender. A lot of people I see don't cross into that open-hearted surrender, letting go of an identity, letting go of a relationship, truly letting go because there's a phase in the middle. And that face in the middle is what you just spoke to, which is grieving.
0: And I want when to add we, to that, it's grief and forgiveness.
1: Yeah. yeah. But we don't together. allow ourselves yeah. to grieve, truly grieve and feel those feelings. We, we hold on to the old. Yeah. We're yeah. stuck in the past. We often can't forgive. We're often not truly because we're carrying so much of the yeah. pain and the hurt and the resentment. You know. And so we sometimes don't allow ourselves to grieve because we want to actually hold on. It's a way of holding on because to truly grieve is a deep acknowledgement that something is over, a right. phase of our life, a phase of our youth, the end of a relationship. It's like, it's done. There's no more hope. And so sometimes we don't allow ourselves to grieve as an unconscious resistance. Sometimes right. we don't allow ourselves to grieve as, because there's a fear of, I won't be able to handle it. It will never end. It's too much. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to grieve because let's call it a spiritual bypass. You know, might mm-hmm. want to. I want to be in a high vibrational law of attraction state. So I'm me- always
0: happy, always in the best mood because otherwise they <laughs> attract shit. No.
1: Yeah, but we end up attracting more shit yeah. because we don't deal with our shit. So we end up attracting the very shit we haven't done. No, shit with. hits and- the
0: fan then at some point. Exactly.
1: And so I just want to tell people that the quickest way through something is through it. And no, I want to reassure people, no feeling lasts forever. Mm-hmm. All feelings have a cycle. Grief happens in waves and stages and, and layers, and it has cycles. And if we allow ourselves not to wallow in it, but to feel those feelings fully with awareness, then a layer dissolves and another layer dissolves Mm -hmm. and another layer dissolves. And so one thing I think is really helpful in the, in the mechanics of the grieving process is if you allow yourself to take the label off of the feeling, because sometimes we I have people say, but I've been feeling and I can't let go. Many times you don't realize that we're judging or we're thinking about the feeling. Why did this happen? This mm-hmm. is so painful. This is so horrible. This it, again,
0: we, we, we go into the meaning trap and we, we have to the find thinking. a meaning and a, a story around why we feel this way. Why this We're analyzing. Yes. yes.
1: We're analyzing the feeling rather than truly authentically with awareness, experiencing the feeling. How we do that is take the label off and experience the sensation, the sensation, not as a thinking, not as a thought, not as a story, not as what happened as a sensation in your body. Yes. And when you can just experience it as a sensation in your body and let that cycle complete and move through a lay of the souls. And so that's, that's kind of a little bit of a point to in, in terms yeah. of grieving.
0: Cause otherwise you are, you are remaining stuck in your head about the grieving process and, Again, it's actually a part of where your heart is being trained and freed really through forgiveness. And you don't even have to know or analyze or anything. You just have to feel it.
1: Yeah. 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 And, the feel, and, and the grief will dissolve in layers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in layers. And it might come up and then pff, there's another layer gone. And then you go through two weeks and it's like, oh, I'm great. And then something happens and boom, there's another layer. And it doesn't mean you're going backwards. It just means like an onion, there's layers to to move through. And, and I was energetic. just about
0: to say, nature is, again, our greatest teacher. What happens when you cut an onion? You just cry and you don't have to think <laughs> why you cry. Just <laughs> let it cry and then the onion, you know, you can peel another layer off the onion. Just That's how move. you have to do it. Again, just exactly. It yeah. it
1: and in through. the end
0: of the day, it will be delicious. Yeah.
1: The degree to which we suppress the grieving is also the degree that we end up suppressing our joy and mm-hmm. aliveness. And so the more we, like I remember in my book, Magic of Surrender, I, I write about the process of my mother dying. Mm-hmm. And that's what inspired the book. And, you know, I remember when she passed away, there was so much intense grief because mm-hmm. she was my, 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 you know, everything, mm-hmm. my, my, my heart and soul. I mean, this woman loved me and I knew what unconditional love was mm-hmm. in this lifetime because of her. And, and so it really hit me when she died. And, and something fundamentally shifted. And I remember feeling such a depth of grief, but I just sat myself down and I would create time in the evening to just have grieving sessions, you know, grieving moments. And, you know, it looked differently every evening, sometimes tears, sometimes journaling, sometimes whatever, just sensations moving through. And, but there was moments when it was like my heart would break open, like I would grieve. And I let and but my heart would break open in the grief, in the tears. It was as though my heart's capacity would break and shatter open and expand through the grieving. And there was more grief, but then there was a bigger capacity I hold found to, to hold love, yeah. to yes. hold love, to hold emotion, and in that, a bigger capacity to feel like aliveness, yes. you know. And, and so that's the beauty when we suppress the grieving we suppress the the other side, the polar opposite. So,
2: yeah.
0: I love that. I love how this conversation turned out. Again, like it really illuminates also this this core wound, the sacred wound of like, can we really trust that the universe has our best intention at heart or not? Can we really trust that there's a higher power that actually takes care of us and leads us to the best Mm -hmm. thing possible, even if in the moment it looks like Mm -hmm. shit, which again, relates to what we experience in the world. A lot of people are like, how can something that is the source of love create such havoc on the world, right? So much constriction, so much restriction, so much war, so much fight. How can this lead to something magical? What would you say to that?
1: I think it it also depends on what level or what lens through which we look at reality. Mm -hmm. Because when we look at reality from the lens of the identity, the lens of the ego, it looks very small. You know, but for instance, when you go, maybe folks listening, when you go and do a detox, you go like a health colonic yeah. detox, like a five day cleanse, you know, you start taking the clay powders and drinking all, all that of stuff, yeah. and all of it. It tastes like shit, you know, like, and then you, how you're, can this doing, be good? you're, you're not drink, you know, you know, you're not having your regular diet. You're not eating your chocolate. You just like kind of a purification diet. And, and yes, the first few days you start feeling like shit. Sometimes yeah. you get headaches. You know, you're going to the bathroom I and also it, you're feeling all sorts of things. It doesn't always feel great. And so it really depends the level and the lens to which we look at reality. When we look at reality from the lens of the ego, yes, it can seem like, oh, this is bad. That's bad. Oh, my God. And that's terrible. Ah. But I really believe right now we are in the greatest moment of spiritual awakening that the planet has ever seen. Mm-hmm. I really believe that right now we are in a phase transition where we are being woken up, we are being enlightened, we are being shifted from an egoic identity separation-based paradigm into a deeper sort of state of awakening and synchronicity and surrender and oneness. We are being forced to let go of all those places that we have held on to and identified as that's me, 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 that's me. And then as all that gets taken away in this you know, intensive process over the last few years, we've been forced to remember, like, okay, if, if that job's not me and that work's not me and that 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 bank account's not me, then who the fuck am I? Who, like, who am I truly? What is who am I? What am I? What, is, am I? what is what is real? What is yeah. true? What is well, what not the
0: story, right? What
1: is not the story? What, yeah. what what cannot die? The body will die. Oh my God, COVID, this disease. What cannot die? And I think we've been forced to really access mm-hmm. that deeper dimension of who and what we are in, to really find the freedom, to live the freedom so that we can truly awaken and live heaven on earth. And so I think it depends what level and lens we look at it. That's one thing. But what I'll also say that I think provides freedom is when we remember why we're here, which is to grow and evolve, Mm -hmm. To grow and evolve, to realize who we are, to realize the nature of our own self as love and as freedom. Like What we are is we're already free. We Mm -hmm. seek freedom in the world, but we can't find freedom in the world because the world is transitory. The world is impermanent. The world is a realm of duality, you know. And so if we're here to really access the freedom of our being and to awaken in this simulation, this video game, this Maya play called life, then there has to be friction. There has yes. to be tension, there has to be limitation, limitation in the 3D so that we can, so, so, so that friction provides a, a catalyst for us to find the real freedom. And so we incarnate to become, let's say, masters of limitation, masters in limitation, I would yeah. say, to find that freedom within ourselves. And I think we also have to realize the nature of reality. The nature of reality is,
2: this dimension
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, yes you said it this dimension is not a realm of utopia and infinite bliss and uh, it's like if that was the case we'd be floating in another dimension we wouldn't even need to bother incarnating but we came here to grow and evolve through limitation to remember the freedom if there's nothing to to, no contrast how What's the point of remembering anything? You know, we don't go to the gym to just sit there and lift a piece of paper. You know, you go to the gym yeah. to lift the weight and have some contrast. So we live in a world of 3D duality. This domain, we live in a world of, it. you know, interdependent, polaric opposites. That's the nature of life. Black, white, up, down, rich, poor, good, bad, male, female, you know, yin, yang, is the Tao. And I think when we can understand the nature of, the Tao inside of the yin Yang symbol there's the white mm. black dot and the black white dot interdependent polaric all that is in the all as one and i think mm. then we stop looking for some utopia in this world we're not going to find perfection in this world in our personalities no matter how much therapy we do how much healing we do we're human And we're human, and that's beautiful, and that's divine, and that's perfect. And so when we realize that, we stop looking for perfection out here and accept the nature of what's here and realize that the deeper dimension of real freedom, infinite bliss, true beauty is within us. Don't take it from me. Someone said the kingdom of heaven is within you. And I think that's what we are being mm, invited, nudged, pushed, the cosmic coach to reawaken to right now in this moment. And to me that that's everything. That's
2: beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's 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 so true. I couldn't agree more because everything that we see is that all of our attachments that we have to the external world are being threatened right now. So we realize that we need none of that. All we need is the connection to our soul, to our heart, to other human beings maybe not maybe, but most definitely Mm ends to obviously our soul. And that's it. You know, you don't need anything else. Freedom. That's true freedom.
1: Real freedom. Yeah. And so when we understand like, wow, that process, it's like, yeah, it's intense. It's it's all of it. But how beautiful that process is when we understand the process that's happening from a deeper Mm -hmm. context. You know, it's like, wow, that's that's awakening. We, Mm -hmm. We are being forced to awaken.
0: No, the universe is basically taking things away from us to, to help us see that we actually don't need the fucking damn thing to survive. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. it's, it's painful because you're like, but I wanted to have that. But then yeah. you realize, okay, actually, it's freeing to not have that anymore.
1: Yeah. And the universe is saying, you're, you are infinite. You are yeah. divine. Like, time to wake up and remember, you know, like, you want to be a freaking little, little thing shriveled up, or you want to be God because you exactly. are that. And, and so, you know, that, that, we can't just read about that, you know, we, we, we're evolving into that awakening. And I think that realization that the, the mystics and the saints and the gurus and the great teachers from past that they realized it's time for all of us to sort of awaken into now. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that's 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 the be- that's the love story that is happening. That is the love invitation that is happening right now. I
0: love that. That's a good Final word. Thank you so much. Tell us where can we find more about you, your book, obviously, and what else is on your, I guess, on on your agenda to awaken or to help human suffering on this planet for this year? Well,
1: first, I I love this conversation. I think you you, you brought such a a beautiful depth to the process and the questions, and I think we we went some some beautiful places. So thanks for having me and holding the space, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, my, my, my book, The Magic of Surrender came out last year, but the paperback version is coming out on May the 3rd. And so I want to invite everyone to get the paperback. It's mm-hmm. an inspirational read. It's an easy read. And I'm doing a very special live uh, event seminar, virtual. So from wherever you are, it's on May the 7th. So if you buy the paperback, when you buy the paperback, you get to attend the seminar for free as a mm. gift. It's going to be three hours deep dive. In a nutshell, the seminar is called Reinvent Live. It's really how to reinvent yourself and connect with your authentic expression and share your gifts with the world. May the 7th, uh, 9 to 12, we're going to be diving deep on Zoom. It's going to be transformational folks from all around the world. Uh, the website for that is www.cootblaxon.com forward slash reinvent seminar dot com reinvent seminar, go there. Uh, Once once you order the book, you can just take a snapshot of your receipt and register online there. Uh, People can find out about my work, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, my my podcast, Soul Talk. For people that want to dive deeper, I do an event in Bali twice a year, uh, this July and in December. So that's www.boundless.com blissbali.com find out more there and yeah just reach out say hi
0: i'm gonna link it all down below and bali sounds like a good idea i always wanted to go actually so maybe i'm gonna join perfect thank you so much definitely everyone check out kud i will link him down below as i mentioned and then happy surrendering